Everybody, welcome to another episode of Cineflex. I'm your host, Ethan Colbert. Uh, we are doing a special extra episode. Uh, Clara is here. Say hi, Clara. Hi. <laughs> we are. Um, so we just wrapped up Sundance, and I figured it would be kind of a good opportunity to kind of like sum up our experiences mm-hmm. at the festival and kind of give you guys like just movies to watch out for and. Uh, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever else. Oh, so, so, for, so, so, first of all, my my festival experience was very different from yours because I signed up for like the awards pass, so I got mm-hmm. to see all like the major award winners and stuff. But you saw like thirty mm-hmm. something movies. I ended with thirty four because jeez, oh, I know <laughs> I did the full festival pass, so okay. I like I went balls to the walls crazy (laughs) (laughs) that's very impressive that's very impressive how was how was how was the experience overall oh my god it was really great like I mean I think we both tried out like single screenings at festivals in the fall and like that was cool like I like who doesn't think that's epic as hell but like the interaction level of Sundance was so impressive like in terms of like interacting with the other people watching but also like in terms of like accessibility as a whole like Mm -hmm. everything was closed captioned like it was really cool to see and so I loved that part and then like with the past I was doing premieres so there was like pre-screening chats with other people watching and then we were the ones like getting to submit questions to Q&As after and so like it was just like honestly above and beyond like anything I kind of expected from it like I knew I was gonna have a good time but like it was so much fun. Yeah, like unfortunately I didn't get to attend any like the premieres. So the mm-hmm. ones the ones that I did were these like on demand things that had already premiered. So mm-hmm. I didn't do any like the live Q&As and stuff, but then they had this like VR chat room which I don't think you ever got to try out. <laughs> no. But like you were like walking around in this like spaceship that had a bar in it and then you could like go up to different people and I I ended up in the same chat bubble as Edgar Wright, which was awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. Didn't talk much. But yeah, the, there was a whole like uh like virtual reality thing i Mm -hmm. added one of the i added one of the um one of the filmmakers on instagram and stuff and like i i i I know you got a bunch of new followers you're like the queen of letterbox now oh my god yeah so many people followed me it was so nice and that was the cool thing is it was just like fun like meeting new people like there's definitely some people that i met on there that are like really cool and like we're like interacting all the time now so i'm just like yay like this is fun yeah, yeah, no, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah, no, I think I think you bring up a good point that it was just like they did a really good job um kind of bringing like the interaction that you get at a festival mm-hmm. to like the virtual space cuz some of these festivals are like okay, just start your movie at home at the certain time and they exactly. have the pre-chats and the post-chats and that that stuff that stuff uh they 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 I definitely succeeded at that. Um yeah. So I you know, so I think we're just going to structure this episode around like our top five movies from the festival. I happen yeah. to see five movies, so <laughs> I'm going to just rank the five that I saw, <laughs> which, by the way, just side note, I, I mentioned this in our group chat last night. Like, 
I know that like like you and Siegel both te- like see four <laughs> or five movies in a day sometime. I don't know how yeah. you do it. Like I was so dead. Oh my god. I don't know. I just get so into it. Though the, the yeah. only time now officially where I've been like burnt out from it is on Tuesday, which was like the second to last day of Sundance. <laughs> oh yeah. And I watched it was my day off and I want to preface with that is that I had like nothing else going on except for like an hour of online class but I watched eight movies in a day <laughs> which is oh like my god so many but it was just like I don't know I was like man like when will I ever be able to do Sunday like Sunday yeah. like I hope I can go next year if it's in person like I'm gonna try but like it's also so expensive in person and it was like so I was like, this is like a possible like once in a lifetime opportunity. I just have to go crazy. And so I totally, did. <laughs> totally, totally. Well, I mean, that's that's how you manage to see. I, I, I mean, 34 movies in like six days is also five days. Uh, Seven days. Total. Seven days. Seven days. Seven days. That's also very impressive. Um, yeah, I, I hit my month quota. Yeah, you like hit your month quota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so props to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems it seems like you saw most of most of what was available at Sundance. Are there are there are there any big ones that you kind of missed that you wished you saw? Or um, my biggest ones were I I didn't see Pleasure, which mm. was getting a ton of buzz, and like the original screening I missed because I saw um, another movie instead, which I'm going to be talking about in my top five. Yeah. So we'll save it. Um. So it's not like I regret missing the original screening, but then the pre the second screening was out within like a couple hours of it opening. Like mm. everyone was trying to see it. Um, so I missed that one. I'm kind of bummed about that. Um, my other one, and I don't think I would have even ended up liking it that much, but one that I was seeing so many people talk about was May Day. Mm, I didn't um, see that. I, I don't know. I like, it wasn't even on my radar, but then it like did their premiere and then everyone was like, talking about it and apparently like it's one of the few chats where after the screening they had to basically like shut the chat down because people were getting so like intense about it <laughs> that's so, pretty like, funny <laughs> i thought that was hilarious but yeah, so I that, that one which i'm a little bit like oh, i wish i'd kind of seen that yeah totally yeah <laughs> totally no i mean that's yeah, yeah i mean it seems it seems like you saw most of the major ones because the two that you brought up are like i've i've heard about but definitely not like a major like major award yeah uh, ones Do, it, are, are there any like before we get into like top five okay um i have a couple questions for you one like what was your biggest disappointment of the festival Ooh, um my biggest disappointment ended up being robin wright's directorial directorial debut land um which was really interesting because i was on the fence about getting a screening for it and then i was kind of like like i'd rather see something else like i'll pass like it's no big deal Mm -hmm. and then it premiered and a bunch of people were giving it decently strong ratings on letterboxd and so i was like oh like maybe i'll squeeze it in like i have time for a second screening like i'll get it go and then it ended up being like weirdly average well i thought you gave it like a bad score i technically did (laughs) (laughs) this is my positivity problem yeah yeah, i don't want to bash anything (laughs) um yeah i gave it a one and a half out of five okay Okay, so yeah (laughs) not very little below average yeah and like it's not bad it's a great character study it's just 
I feel like there honestly is kind of like a weird amount of white women running into the wilderness to like deal with their problems. <laughs> okay. And uh, of that jo- little subgenre, like I would say this is probably the most like just like mundane, like arguably very predictable. Yeah. Plot. Robin Wright is also the lead in it though, and she did a great performance. So it's not like it's a terrible movie by any means. It just like it felt like I was watching something that I'd seen before so many times. Yeah, I'd also just heard it was really just dry and yeah. kind of slow. Exactly, kind of what I what I was hearing. But uh, no, yes. I did I did not end up I did not end up seeing that. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a bummer because I do love I do love Robin Wright. So yeah, I hope I hope she uh, directs a better movie. That's what <laughs> I'm hoping. I because yeah, I feel like it was a good foot in the door, and then from the Q and A, like they talked about how this was really interesting. I think it's a big part of why it ended up not being as great as it could have been is that they only had one day to shoot all of their daytime scenes for like, arguably like, I don't really know the timeline of the plot fully, but like months of stuff. Weird. Yeah. So it was like, that was really bizarre. And I think that really had a big effect on the movie as a whole is just that like they were having to rush for some reason. I'm guessing it was probably COVID related, but probably probably yeah. i think a lot of i think a lot of things were pushed um by the way side note like i was mm-hmm. I was, i was thinking about this as i was watching the movie a lot of a lot of them i'm assuming went into production in the summer and i th- mm-hmm. I, th- I think you could kind of get the sense that some of these movies were were scaled down like yeah like not a lot of extras contained stories i mean you definitely get that mm-hmm. with indie movies anyway totally. but I definitely got the sense that like a lot of these were they a, a, a lot of these might have been scaled down because of COVID, but uh, yeah, but that's they what I was thinking too. Th- there were a lot of there were a lot of great great movies, and it proves that you can still crank out great content even in exactly. a freaking pandemic. Um, Absolutely. What about like honorable mentions? Like, mm. well, kind of kind of two questions here. I guess. Okay. Okay. Are there are there any are there any movies that like you were surprised didn't win awards, like didn't get a lot of buzz out of the festival. Well, I, mm. I, that may overlap with your top five though. That There's definitely parts of that that'll overlap in my top five, but I can also circumvent my top yeah. five a little bit. Yeah, um, that's fine. Also, also, also just like movies that didn't make your top five that you particularly loved. Totally. Um, I'll do like kind of like rapid fire on a couple that like I really liked that didn't end up winning anything. Mm-hmm. So I really liked Censor, which is a horror debut by Preno Bailey Bond. Oh yeah, um, I wanted to see that. That one was like really cool. Um, it's definitely like a hard like deterioration of reality kind of thing. So I was like, that's mm-hmm. sick. Um, I also really liked Lyle Mitchell Corbin Jr.'s feature debut, which was Wild Indian. Mm. Um, and that proved to be, I liked it a little more than most people. I thought it was just like a really complex story that like had great tension. Um, but its downfall is definitely that the character arcs aren't quite as strong because Mm -hmm. they're prioritizing the plot so much. Got it. Um, so like I'm bummed it didn't win anything, but I also think it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else. No, I think those are my big ones, actually. All right. Yeah. We can, we can jump yeah. We can jump right into the top five, then, if you'd Let's like. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, my number five, mm-hmm. which I'm, which we were, <laughs> we ended up talking about a lot last night. <laughs> so much, <laughs> so much is one for the road. Yes. Now, the reason we were t- we were talking about this so much is because it's really good. And there's like a few things that they did wrong that would have made it a lot better. Yeah. Because like, okay, so first of all, it's about this guy who goes, who like is a bartender in New York and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like cocktail porn and I (laughs) cocktails. So it's great. (laughs) A lot of like shaking the, shaking the thing. Let's like (laughs) rotate the camera. And I'm like, so (laughs) so so there's like a lot of like crazy cocktail stuff. And then, and then he goes back to Thailand to meet up with like his dying friend who wants to Mm -hmm. go on like sort of a nostalgia trip to visit like his exes and, uh, the and uh shenanigans ensue basically exactly yeah so, so things really bogged down like in the middle of the movie like you and i yeah. had the same experience where we checked the runtime about an hour in we were like oh my god there's an hour left like how are they yeah. gonna do this <laughs> and then the story picks back up mm-hmm. but it has a lot going for it and i like it seemed like a problem in the editing. Like, what did you think about it? Yeah, I think it was, I I think it was like taking too big of a bite almost mm-hmm. in that like, because the, the editing is dope throughout, honestly. Like they have so many cool sequences and you're like, wow, like this is really cool. It's, you're right. I should say like editing, editing in, in within scenes is good. It's yeah, more yeah, like, yeah. How, okay, yeah, sorry. Totally, no, 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 I totally agree. Um, Yeah, and it just, it, like sometimes movies do like drag a little bit in the middle and like it's not the end of the world but it's just such a long movie that the yeah. middle drags way more than like the standard dragging time for lack of a better word <laughs> yeah and so you're just kind of like man and then it revs up which is great and then you're introduced to this like second plot line that's like really cool but it almost that plot line almost in some ways felt so rushed because they spent so much time in the beginning, like with all this stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't like, have minded more time on that plot line. I completely yeah. agree. It's like it's like a it jumps into a separate movie, which you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Chun King Express did it. It can be done. It's yeah. just like yeah, I, I think the runtime was two hours and fifteen. It could have been like an hour fifty, hour fifty-five. That was like my Absolutely. biggest problem with it. But like direction was like fun like i love i love um i love just like style so that was yeah it's a good time any other thoughts on one for the road um i'm assuming that didn't crack your top five because you saw more. no that's i had that at number 15 okay yeah it's a pretty average yeah what's what's your number five my number five is um fran kranz's mass yes i wanted to see this i was bummed this didn't win anything i was genuinely shocked that this didn't win um any i think there was like one acting award that went out to hive Mm -hmm. and i was really really surprised that mass didn't get it um because this is like the epitome of like what intense acting can look like and like what Mm. like a whole cast of good performances like can mean for a movie because it's a single location film so like it's in one room for the entire time and you're just kind of like stuck in this situation with these two sets of couples that are just like 
like <laughs> ripping their hearts out and like laying them bare and you're just like oh my god <laughs> it was intense it was a really cool. intense watch it was yeah. really impressive cool yeah yeah i i know nothing about it so <laughs> I don't have any, any further thoughts but math sounds okay. awesome and like i was really really bummed i di didn't get to see that there, there's a lot of these i really look forward to them coming out when they do and i think yeah. and i think that um i mean there's a timeline in which so most of the time sundance movies take take months like take like half a year to like nine months to come out just because mm -hmm. they want to qualify for the next year's oscars and they want to like, kind of be pushed into that festival yeah tide of things but because the oscars got pushed back there's a timeline in which like coda and like a lot of these big hits like get pushed out sooner which would be really mm -hmm. cool to yeah i i hope i hope everyone gets to see them soon um i do too yeah my my number four okay which i think is going to be in your top five is flea it, um ooh, yes it's not in your top five well okay so this is my issue is i saw so many that i am giving you my top five narratives instead of my top five <laughs> direct documentaries so okay. if you want to see my top five documentaries go to my letterbox <laughs> um, okay fair enough <laughs> But Flea is my number one documentary that I watched. So I also don't really, I don't really know if it's a doc. I didn't really, I didn't think it was a documentary. I know it's like qualifies as a documentary, mm -hmm. but like it seemed more like a feature. I mean, to 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 describe this, it's it's this. Um, you have the voiceover of this Afghan refugee talking about how he made it to Copenhagen, essentially. Mm -hmm. But it's um, but because of the stories he's telling they have to protect his identity mm -hmm. and so it's all animated so they like yeah. animate the story they do voiceover so i mean in that way it didn't really seem like a documentary to me mm -hmm. i mean it's an animated movie it's kind of narrativized narrativized is that a word yeah we it's can make a, it a it's a narrative <laughs> uh but yeah no it's it's a it was categorized as a documentary. It's okay. a very, it's a very, very impressive movie. Yeah, I and a tearjerker. Oh my gosh, so sad. And but it's that, it's that cool thing where it's so <laughs> like upsetting to watch because there's just so much like embodiment of like human suffering, but mm -hmm. there's also just like so much hope integrated within that in certain ways. And so like at the end, like you feel like uplifted in a way almost where it's just totally. Like, oh my god, like yay um yeah no I definitely think it challenges like what we can define as a documentary in a way that feels really exciting um yeah I think it'll do really really well at awards next year I'm assuming unless it gets buried but Neon's pretty good about their does Neon have it now yeah so Neon oh cool Neon yeah. like snapped it up so fast I was reading about this they had the deal sealed like a couple hours after Flea's premiere. That's and so impressive. No one else even had time to bid on it. Like it wow. was crazy. Yeah. So I was like, dang. Um, Neon got a couple documentaries already, I think, from what I understand. I think they got Flea and they also got um Ailey, which I didn't see. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean this this definitely has a chance to to um to be nominated for like international Oscars. Mm -hmm. Uh animated movies document like it yeah it, qualif it qualifies for a lot of things so it mm -hmm. will be interesting to see how it does at awards what's your what's your number four my number four <laughs> is a movie called violation 
Um, mm, yeah, I didn't get to oh, see this one either. So good. I knew this is the type of movie that like you see and you just kind of know it's not going to win awards in certain ways just because horror movies don't really ever really win awards. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as a horror lover, I just like accept that at this point <laughs> and move on, even though it makes me sad. Um, but it's incredible. It's co-directed by Dusty Mancellini and Madeline Sims Fewer. And she also is the lead. And it basically follows the story of a woman who um, is assaulted. And then she goes into like a revenge plot, um, which is just like really interesting. And it's a cool movie in that like, it circumnavigates a lot of the typical stuff you see within like the rape revenge subgenre. Like mm -hmm. there's no like objectification of the woman in the movie, mm, but there mm -hmm. is a lot of object objectification of like the men in the movie, which is really interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So I like that. It challenges that idea a lot. It is probably one of the most like authentically graphic movies I have ever seen. Like, I'd imagine that's quite off-putting. It can definitely be off-putting. It's definitely one that, like, people were really split on. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of men were really uncomfortable. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is very valid. Like, it is a scary movie. Um, without, like, spoiling the plot at all, there is a scene that's in a one-take, and they do it so well and, like, graphically that Madeline actually throws up on camera like she vomits oh and they use it which is like crazy that's but insane she, yeah it's insane like she <laughs> throws up and then just has to like keep doing what she's doing and it's just like oh my god like you can't even believe that like you're watching this <laughs> yeah it, it was intense but it's really cool and I personally um found it to be everything I wanted like promising young woman to be in that mm, yeah because you were kind of disappointed by that from what i remember i was i would i gave it like an average rating um it's a well-made movie but <clears throat> in terms of like the rape revenge subgenre i feel i personally as like a survivor argue that that genre is with should be with the intention of like creating a space for victims to like process and like kind of have like a th cathartic response to something yeah yeah 100 didn't really see that at all with Promising Young Woman, whereas Violation, both of the directors have had experience with sexual assault. And so this is like the epitome of like a movie for survivors by survivors. That's cool. So, that's oh, really cool. So dope. So that's my that's my number four. I loved it. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's like it's like I would say like I really look forward to seeing that. That sounds so <laughs> hard to watch but uh i i definitely i definitely will try to check that out when that when that uh oh comes out. i should yeah. i should plug when that comes out actually because it's coming soon oh it is really yes so they because they debuted their world premiere at tiff and so they got picked up by shutter at tiff oh um, mm -hmm. so shutter I, is I, releasing it soon that's interesting because usually things premiere for the first time at Sundance to try to mm -hmm. get backing from other yeah studios we should we should say for I, I don't know if like all my audience is like super involved in in that's true festival <laughs> circles I probably should have said this earlier but like I'm sorry just just to like just oh, to like totally. briefly uh back like what Sundance is yeah, it, yeah. like it really started um 
started the independent festival circuit mm-hmm. in the US, uh, founded by Robert Redford, who's like a gorgeous and uh, <laughs> just, just kind, great man, I think, I'd like to think. <laughs> uh, um, but like, basically, like Sundance happens in January, can happens in May, and then mm-hmm. everything else happens in the fall. So yep. like, what happens, what, ha- like, what, di- what, what Sundance does that other festivals don't do is it tends to be movies that don't yet have a distributor. Yeah. Which is why so much of like the buzz around the festival is like, who picked this up? Mm-hmm. Why did they pick this up? Most of the time with other festivals, it's like, let's get buzz for the Oscars. Like yeah. let's, let's throw this out. Let's let the critics and like the movie insiders see it. And then we'll get buzz around it and throw it out. But it's usually like studios put things out and mm-hmm. Sundance is really, it's independent movies. It's usually independently produced. With the exception of there's a major premiere that I think is going to be on your on your top five coming up. Yeah, that was that was distributed by Warner Brothers. But it mm-hmm. tends to be uh, it tends to be movies trying to get picked up by festivals. Yeah. And I fight distributors. No. Yes, absolutely. And I think what we saw because I actually saw quite a few throughout my watches that were already picked up, which is really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, and I think that definitely is because of COVID a little bit. Um, I I would assume that it was maybe a strategic thing of getting a few like really big buzzworthy movies that people had already kind of heard about as like a way to ensure that people were invested in a virtual festival. Definitely makes um, sense. Yeah, for which sure. is fair, but. I think what they didn't expect is that everyone wanted to go no matter what. Um. <laughs> yeah, because like, what else are people doing for sure? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. So, so violation that's... is coming to Shutter. Like, I think I want to say like February sixteenth, maybe. It's really that's, soon. That's exciting. That's super yeah. soon. Yeah. I'm super excited. Um, <laughs> I like how I said this would be like a tight like thirty minutes, and I like know, we're not even through so like bad. we're not even through like our top. Uh, <laughs> we're not even halfway through the top five. <laughs> This is my greatest fear. No, it was also mine. I, I, I also ramble. It's all good. Um, my number three mm-hmm. is this year's top documentary. At won all the awards. Uh, it is Summer of Soul. Yay! Um, Summer of Soul is uh, directed by Questlove from The mm-hmm. Roots. And uh, it's his directorial debut. And it's... Uh, it's about the Harlem Cultural Festival, which mm-hmm. is this like festival that like rivaled Woodstock in yeah. the summer of 1969. But then like the footage, uh, just just its place in the history books has been sort of like lost to time. And uh, so he rediscovered all these performances. They like taped it beautifully. I think so like well. people aren't talking about enough about like the camera work from like the directors at the time yeah uh it's it's just beautifully shot and uh the performances are fantastic he edits he edits it together in a way that sort of incorporates the history of harlem in 1969 and sort of like why it was lost to time i just like Mm -hmm. it was a great time like i i put it on the afternoon i i i put it on the living room my parents were on their feet had a great time with it great yes. performances it's a fun movie so much fun it like it just had so much energy behind it which i yeah. really loved like it just felt like such a good feel good movie yeah yeah mm-hmm. like feel good but i would say that like it it 
it definitely confronted some serious issues yes as 100%. well yeah which I really appreciate just in that like we're getting a perspective of history that like we have just completely washed over for yeah. decades so it's completely just like, oh my god you thank god finally and it's also just fun because like I love like 60s and 70s music yeah, like I'm like, just like oh my god dream. the fifth dimension and everyone and my and, and Paige is like who is the fifth dimension like, you don't know the fifth dimension no up up and away Paige gosh so <laughs> oh my no, Paige gosh. is Paige is very musically educated I'm just like I'm just a huge nerd <laughs> um but yeah so I mean it's just fun to see all these acts and stuff mm. I mean the two things that I really hope I really hope they put out like a full soundtrack on Spotify from this because mm. that would just be so fun to hear these performances and then also like I think the one criticism that I've been seeing of it is that they chopped up the performances so much because it's like it's mm. a two-hour movie and it's like mm. it's a six-day festival and so some of these acts, acts you get one song from right and you know there's dialogue over it i hope somehow they're able to like i i, I don't know if they can just like throw us the archive of the concert but just like Ooh. somehow like put out a ton of bonus features like i just love to see an extended version of this with like more songs yeah, yeah i just like i i just i just want to dive into the music more and mm -hmm. so it's not so much because i think Questlove accomplished what he was trying to do but like i would totally. love to see that at some point Oh, I definitely would too. I this is the like type of documentary that I could easily see getting pushed to Criterion faster yeah, than like, uh -huh. the average, and so like totally. that gets me excited because ideally that would mean we get a bunch of that extra footage and like all of that. Which that's hopefully. true. They could I throw really out the hope. bonus features. Oh, that would be that would be really really cool. I really okay. Hope for that. Everybody, email Criterion today, and we'll. <laughs> get it going <laughs> i wonder if criterion could like actually distribute it like i don't think they've ever distributed a movie on their own Ooh. probably not they'd probably get a distributor and then put it out on criterion yeah, but that's what i would think that'd be interesting i don't think yeah. they've ever done that yeah i don't think they have either what <laughs> is your number three my number three is one that i know now as we've been going through this is your number two um and it's Do you? like yeah on, i well oh wait actually i don't know if it's your number two it'll be your your second or your first but it's it's, on my, the it's, of, it's, it's my number two i knew it okay <laughs> <laughs> i felt so confident and then i immediately doubted myself. <laughs> I was just trying I was to make like, you doubt yourself <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh how dare i make his list for him um, <laughs> <laughs> you can make your list for me anytime i'm sorry to interrupt continue no it's totally fine my number three is on the count of three which felt cool and fun and fitting but that's not yeah. why it's number three um <laughs> it's a great movie um it's directed by jared carmichael it's his feature debut um and it is kind of like the most complicated buddy flick ever because it's funny and like goofy in a way but also really intense and kind of depressing in in a way because essentially what they're doing is is they are uh oh jared carmichael and christopher abbott are playing buddies who are essentially living out the very last day of their life and their plan is is that at the end of the day they're going to kill each other and just be done with life forever and so it's this really complicated dynamic of like these two guys who obviously adore each other as friends and like they're so close and like they've grown up together and they are just like done with life and but they're trying to live out one last day 
and really and really hilarious like in a really dark way in a moment where you're like you're gasping at yourself laughing yeah it's so it's so funny like like I (laughs) like like there's a suicide attempt at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. where I I, I won't spoil too much but like Mm -hmm. his suicide attempt gets interrupted by this co-worker he doesn't like and like, and like he's just like oh fuck like yeah like I what? die like this and so <laughs> there's like all this and 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 then like the fish the fish on the wall that's at his dad's uh his dad's auto mechanic mm-hmm. shop that keeps going off oh my um, god there's so many like there's so many little like gags and jokes and like is it jared or gerard carmichael do you know? Oh, I think I'm saying it wrong because I'm an idiot. Oh no, I I thought it was Gerard, but I don't I don't know. Correct correct I think me you're right. I'm wrong. But Gerard Carmichael, like his <laughs> his um <laughs> his his stand up has always been like super dark. Like he yeah he, he struggled with depression and stuff, and so it was so fun to see that translated into this movie. I think I think this movie I could totally see just having like a cult following, like a very yes. it's not gonna it's not gonna do well at like award shows or anything but i could see this having like a very specific cult following and Mm -hmm. i'm really excited for whatever gerard carmichael continues to do oh i'm so stoked his his like eye is really well developed already and like writing yeah and like he's had experience like he directed um someone else's comedy special that was really cool and then he's done a couple of, oh, yeah, I think, right. like, documentary-based things. Uh-huh. So, like, he's had experience directing, but, like, it's cool seeing him transform that into, like, a narrative feature. Yeah, um, totally. So, like, even though it's, like, his debut in that realm, like, it feels a lot more mature than the average feature debut. Yeah, 100%. Just, oh, I love that movie. That was really good. And Christopher Abbott, like, I, I was not not really on my radar. This guy's been really? doing a bunch of indie. I mean, like, vaguely, like, I'm like, okay, oh, Christopher okay. Abbott, but... He's freaking hilarious in this. Oh, he's the best. Kills me. So he has funny. Been like my number one actor for the past like year so far. Yeah. Oh wow. But I've been I've been watching a lot of his stuff. Like last year, he had two huge. In, he was in indies. Black Bear. He was in Black Bear, which is like in my top five of the year. Is like the number one hype person for Black Bear. <laughs> I love Black Bear so much. Watch Black Bear. It's so good. <laughs> it has Aubrey Plaza. Like what else? What, what else do you need? Um. So he was in Black Bear. He was in Possessor, which is um, oh yeah, so incredible, great horror flick. He was in this, and then he also had another movie premiere at Sundance as well. He was in right. The World to Come, which was really different than his other stuff in that, like it's a period piece. So you get to really get a strong like range on him if you look at just his filmography from the last year. Um, he's he's incredible i'm excited to see like where his career goes because he's just yeah yeah no he's really cool and like i was definitely getting like safety vibes uh from this movie like aside from the neon jacket and the bleached hair (laughs) like that aside i think i was getting safety vibes but i didn't i didn't know if that was also influencing my i mean he he, he's definitely he's definitely copying the look of pattinson in good time just a touch Mm -hmm. but uh yeah, no, it's it's no, totally. uh, it's very like safety chaotic, but I, definitely a little less, a little less like anxious and a little mm. m- more hilarious. 
Oh, totally. I agree. I actually, I think I put it, I don't remember where I put it. I put it, I think, on my Instagram story when I was posting about the movie, but I was like, this is like good time, but with like two guys instead of one. <laughs> so it, it's fun. Um, yeah, so that's definitely. my number three. That's your number two. That's my number two. So we're on to so your number two. My number two is, so this is, a, this is exciting because I actually changed around my rating like this morning, my ranking. Oh, wow. Rating. Okay. Um, so this was my number one. And now it is not, but only by a little bit. Um, but so my number two is Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Yep. We're excited for this one. Yep. We're pumped. Yup. We all should be because it is amazing. And like, obviously it has the backing of a big studio. And so I do think that shines a little bit through it um, compared to a lot of what Sh- Sundance was showing already. Yeah. Um, but god is it good (laughs) it's so good and it's impressive because shaka king is the director and he it's his debut and so it's yeah so it's not like he has like a ton of other stuff going on so it's just like he has a really refined eye in it that's really impressive um it's if you're not familiar with it which uh if you're not already you probably will be soon because i think it'll be one it's that... it's on hbo max in like a couple weeks like exactly. it's, it's it's a quick turnaround and then i also think just to just just side note like it, mm-hmm. it was a sundance premiere which means it yeah. wasn't like in the competition it's kind of like mm-hmm. that that's kind of what they do for big movies that are coming out that they want to yep showcase but it exactly. was it was like a it was a showcase thing yeah yeah i it, and it's good they did it that way because I think it would have won everything if wow. <laughs> if it uh-huh. could. It was just I was blown away. Like the the layout of everything is impressive. It it follows the story of Fred Hampton, who was the um, deputy chairman of the National Black Panther Party, and he like established himself within like the Chicago area, and like so much of what he was doing was about like helping the black community, whether it was like giving breakfast to hundreds of kids every morning or like creating like medical centers for the area. Like he was doing a lot of so much good. Um, and he was eventually assassinated by the Chicago police department and the FBI. Um, and that is largely accredited to the fact that, um, William O'Neill, a black man essentially infiltrated the black Panthers for the FBI and was working with the FBI and establish this huge relationship with Fred Hampton and then basically as the title kind of implies like he became the Judas of this scenario and essentially can be partially accredited to the fact that like Fred Hampton was assassinated Um, it sounds like the assassination of Jesse James like a little bit mm -hmm. though it's like betrayal Mm -hmm. of a friend I mean very different time period but like Mm -hmm. like similar issues confronted in some yeah ways. absolutely like I definitely you can definitely see some similarities between the two um which is impressive and like there's a lot of really good stuff going for it. every single person performing in this movie is like giving arguably their best that I've seen um Lakeith like, Stanchfield is so he's, he's so good in everything so that's that, that's that's so very cool. impressive that you say that uh, I know I am such a big fan of his and like Oh, it's also it's Get so Out true. Reunion, I just realized. Yes, yes, it is yeah. Get Out Reunion, which is That's fun. so fun. Um, Super fun. <laughs> I love it. It's just, yeah, they are all just, and I think a big part of it is they're all so passionate about this movie yeah. that it shows in their performances. Um, a cool thing is that Fred Hampton's son 
um, was a consultant on the film oh, cool. as well as his girlfriend at the time. Um, she was also a consultant on the film. And so they were heavily involved in terms of like authenticity. Um, the score is amazing. I think you'll love the score. It's very jazzy. Ooh. In like a really cool way. I love jazz. You know, I, I love know. jazz. Exactly. Uh, that part of it is amazing. Um, the other thing that I love about it is it's not just about the Black Panthers, essentially. It is a lot more of just shedding light on who Fred Hampton was as like a full embodied person. And so mm, there is his romance with his girlfriend. And like we get to see that side of him a lot more, um, which is beautiful and like a really cool part of the story and then a huge thing they prioritized was making sure to incorporate the black women of that chapter of the black panthers because that was um a predominantly like female run chapter of black panthers like Mm -hmm. the women of that area were just so involved and they really make sure to like highlight that yeah that's Um, awesome God, I could talk about that one forever. Uh, coming to HBO Max really soon. Coming to HBO Max soon. Claire and I share an HBO Max account. Yeah, so we do. We'll be able to watch that very soon. Hopefully HBO Max isn't listening. <laughs> I'm sure not. I'm sure not. Um, yeah, so no, no, I'm... I'm super I'm super excited for that one and yeah. uh, I'm glad I'm I'm glad I don't have to wait long for that one. No, yeah. Part of the reasoning I was like I'm I'm definitely not going to I I wasn't able to watch it yesterday cuz it didn't mm-hmm. win awards but I was like even if it does like even if I was able to watch it I'm like I'm just going to mm-hmm. wait and see these movies that aren't going to come out for a while. Totally. Really cool movie. Um yeah. my number one call me a basic bitch. <laughs> my number one's Coda. Yes. The most um, talked about of the whole festival. The, definitely the most talked about. So I mean, mm-hmm. the the that um from like awards, from like an awards perspective, like Coda won like all the dramatic competition awards, yep. and Summer of Soul won all the documentary mm-hmm. awards. Not all, but you know most A of majority. the major ones. Yeah. So Coda, um, got snatched up for a record like twenty five million by Apple. So yep. you if you can. If you can stomach another free trial of that, uh, <laughs> I do not pay for Apple TV Plus. <laughs> I use my sister. Avoid it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 snatched up by Apple. I think it's a really really smart smart idea for Apple to pick this up, just because I can definitely see this just just gaining momentum on their on their platform. Definitely buzzworthy and mm-hmm. just a really cute coming of age story. It's yeah. about. Uh, Coda is, is an acronym for child of deaf adults mm-hmm. and she's she's the only uh, person who can hear in her family she's got mm-hmm. she's got two deaf parents and a deaf brother and they're fishermen in Glasta and <laughs> uh, which I might be moving to Boston and I have a, I have a family friend in Glasta I, 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 yeah. I I've actually been to that quarry that they swim in I've been I've been there oh, a couple times so cool, yeah I was like right? oh that's that quarry yeah yeah but um <laughs> no big deal yeah, that's fine. But, <laughs> but, um, so, so she has a passion for music, but like her family doesn't really understand that passion for mm. music completely because they can't hear the music. And so sort of about like her struggles between like, should she, should she sort of help out her family's, um, like fishing business or should mm. she go off and pursue a music career is essentially the struggle but uh yeah it's just it's just i i think 
I, I wasn't actually ready to put this at my number one until like I was at the end of the day and I was like, there's so mm. many moments that just really stuck with me. Mm. I don't know. Do, any, any thoughts on Coda in general? I, 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 I think you, you liked it, but you didn't love it. I think you were a little frustrated with the buzz around it. I actually was a little bit. Um, <laughs> I and I don't want it to take away from like how no, great it's all good. it is at all. It is first and foremost like such a huge like win in terms of accessibility and like bringing 100%. experience authentically to the screen, which is something that is so rarely shown. Um, so that part of things is awesome. Um, it just compared to a lot of the other stuff I was seeing, it felt a little on the safe side in some ways. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely, definitely a crowd, pl crowd pleaser. Oh, totally. And like, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I definitely enjoyed it. I think I have it at. You're just a 14. hipster indie queen and you can't. I literally accept, am. Except true, uh, true happiness <laughs> on film. Honestly, <laughs> that is actually my problem is because I was just like, yeah, cool. Everything is happy. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Which is the most like cynical look into my heart. You're so, you're so cynical. I love it. You make I, fun I of it. me about it all the time. I am horribly cynical. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is a great movie. It's so like feel good. The comedy in it is really well done. In yeah. that like there is like comedy infused in hearing experiences, but also within deaf experience and so like that's a really cool thing to see like there's just so many good jokes and like they all land amazingly um yeah i mean there's this one there, there, there's this one that was just killing me <laughs> we're like uh um so the hearing girl's friend wants to get with her deaf brother and mm -hmm. she goes like me you and kind of like rubs down her body <laughs> and she's like yeah she's like thinks she's being all like sexy yeah and then and then and then he's like why did your sister why, why did your friend just tell me she has herpes <laughs> was like dying there's a lot of like miscommunication uh, jokes and shit in it yeah that are really fun and yeah i mean they're hand handled tensitively for sure and mm -hmm. um but like i think for me like I think uh, the family dynamics are really what makes it. Like I yeah. think so many, so many coming of age stories are are either like on the easy A side of things, where it's like parents are way too cool, yeah, or on the ladybird <laughs> side of things, which is like I fucking hate my mom and I'm gonna <laughs> run away. Yeah, and this is sort of like she's so frustrated, but she never uses their disabilities against them mm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she's always so caring and loving of her family she's just ex extremely frustrated with the situation but yeah they've got this like they're really close and it's they've got they've got a weird relationship because of their their odd experiences in this town and um yeah it's just i i i think what really makes it are like just just like the way the family interacts in this mm -hmm. um well, yeah it's, and and, yeah. and and yeah i mean the actors are the actors are hilarious i watched the q a which you got a question in and like, like it's just like the the deaf actors are just really really funny and it makes me want to learn sign language like it just it's yeah. it's so expressive it's so cool to like communicate like that i don't know i yeah no totally that this is definitely like the type of movie that you're watching like you really appreciate what American Sign Language is and like yeah, how beautiful totally. of a language it is. It's and a like, beautiful language for sure. Oh, it's such a win. I'm just like, man, like that's cool. 
it wasn't yeah. my favorite but it's it, it is definitely one that like shines through as like through the festival as a whole um especially because like there wasn't a ton of like feel good watches going on so like there's a lot of like depression <laughs> at Sundance yeah. it could be it could be 2020 it's also like it's also like I think in some ways it's easier to make a very sad thing oh totally than make something that's like actually good and uplifting mm-hmm. and I doesn't feel like agree. a hallmark movie exactly but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no I yeah. I loved I loved Coda you're you have a you have a cold dead heart and uh <laughs> we could move on from that. exactly <laughs> And you know it makes sense because my number one is a horror movie. So. Oh yay! <laughs> so uh, I had this at my number three up until this morning, and then uh, as I was like rethinking my ranking and just like making sure everything looked good, I realized this is like the movie that I've thought about the most out of anything I've watched. Like mm. I can't get it out of my head. Um, it's called "We're All Going to the World's Fair." And it is Ooh, the debut. It's not on my radar. Wow. It is the, I would say it's definitely the biggest sleeper at the moment. Um, it is the debut of Jane Schoenbrunn. Um, and they essentially have created a movie that is centered around a teen girl participating in a online challenge which is the mm. World Fair Challenge. And it is this challenge that you participate in where after you do it, reality essentially falls apart. Oh um, my God. And so crazy. It, uh, oh, it is so good. I just, <laughs> <laughs> I have, I literally can't get out of my head. Like it is um, scored by Alex G, who is a amazing artist. I highly recommend checking him out if you haven't. But so the score in itself is like this beautiful, like melody of like haunting, like unease that just like works so well. And the whole film is this really interesting blend of like, we're getting like, like you're almost like watching this lead character through her computer screen which is like this really unsettling thing of like it feels like she's just staring into you the whole time mm-hmm. and then you get kind of more exterior shots as she's like moving around and whatnot but so it's it's hard to get a good grasp on like what is actually happening and like what is imagined and so god that like, sounds fun oh it's so fun and it's such a cool way to examine internet culture and like yeah. today's youth and like how inundated we are with it um it reminds me a lot in like that discussion as like eighth grade which i would say is probably the only other film that authentically depicts like what it is to be like gen z right now i'm obsessed um, with eighth grade eighth grade I'm is great obsessed with it I love it. And so the lead girl in this is named Anna Cobb. It's her debut. She was unreal. And I would describe her to get into like that world of like creepypasta stuff that this kind of centers on. Like she's like the mirror mirror world version of like Kayla Day and that like they have almost like the same energy of that like raw talent and like that raw authenticity coming through Mm -hmm. their performance. But like something's just off with her and like that's intentional obviously to the story but it's just it's just incredible like watching it made me think back to so many moments when I was in elementary school and middle school and high school and like that was when like the internet was like actually becoming like a part of everyday life and like growing up in that was such a weird experience and I think this like 
captures that need to like project yourself to others so well but in a horror movie gosh that sounds really intriguing i really look forward to seeing has that gotten picked up do you know no it hasn't and i'm really upset about it um (laughs) you should buy it clara i think you should just like you should just come in with like a low bid just in case no one no one else has bid yet (laughs) i'll give them my mere fifty dollars yeah (laughs) what little i have in the bank account just so (laughs) i can watch it because i think that's the worst part is it was one of my last watches on tuesday and so i caught it right before the second screenings of it ended Mm. and i wish i'd seen it sooner i wish i had watched it in a way where i could have watched it at least two times do you think you just appreciated it because you were so dead no. At the end of Tuesday. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, yeah. It, I would say honestly, at that point, I was like getting really burnt out for sure yeah. in the day. And this like woke me right back up. And like that's the awesome. whole reason why I love when movies do that. Oh, it's so good. And the whole reason why I even watched something after this movie is because I got so like riled up that I couldn't fall back asleep. So I was like, I just have to watch wow. something else. Because it was just like, man, it was Jane did such a good job with this project and like I don't know what they'll do next, but whatever it is, like, I think they have great abilities to like convey story in a way that like is relevant today. And so I'm just, I'm, I, I could talk about this all day. Like I, this is my favorite movie. Like, awesome. <laughs> I awesome. love this movie. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing that. I, yeah. I, I read your review, but yeah, it just didn't, it kind of, it was kind of a sleeper and, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that sounds yeah. that sounds super super fun. So I definitely look forward to checking that out. Um, yeah, yeah. Any other just like Sundance thoughts that we didn't um, get to? I'm trying to think. Um, I'll do my humble brag. I'm gonna do a humble yeah. brag, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, which is that of all the screenings I went to, I had 13 questions answered by directors and actors and other team members that I admire throughout Clara. various movies. And so I feel really cool about that. So I'm bragging about it. <laughs> Congrats. No, I mean, it was so cool. It was so cool. I watched the CODA screening back and they're like, first question is from Clara. I'm like, I'm, I, I, I turned around to Paige. I was like, that's our Clara. And she's like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, when that that was the first question that got asked and i i literally like blacked out for a second I was like, <laughs> oh my god like <laughs> and it was a great what? question you asked them like how they balance like the sort of seriousness and the humor and like yeah. they had a great story about like you know onset dynamics and everything yeah it was, was a great so question good. um you. you're gonna have to practice your interview skills for a yet un unannounced big name i know we will be interviewing in two weeks i'm so excited should i announce it maybe i'll wait maybe wait wait. maybe don't put it at the end of a bonus episode yeah probably yeah (laughs) soon to be announced big name we're teasing you (laughs) teasing you come back for more i'm a i'm a content whore Um, there we go any any yeah any other just like ran, rando thoughts i think we uh, covered this in about double the time we expected to and yeah, uh we did great <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna say no because i totally have millions of other things to say but it will open a wormhole that we will never get out of all right well clara <laughs> this has been really fun thanks for thanks for doing a little mini episode with me <laughs> yeah mini regular mini regular length episode yep. <laughs> love it all right <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to another episode of Cineflag, and I will see you next week.